0: Anyway, man, that's a that's a little bit about me, a little bit about my passion. So I I appreciate you for joining the podcast, man. I'm I'm really excited to speak with you. I'm I'm a big fan Thank of you. the company. One thing I wanted to um, start off with. Well, first, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and let everyone know what company you're with and and what you do for a living.
1: My name is Micah Truman. I am the CEO of Return Home. We are a TerraMation, a, a body composting company. I started the company. Sorry, I have an automatic off switch. No worries. No worries. I started the company in January of 2019. It took us two and a half years to develop our science and our machinery, our technology, and to outfit our warehouse, our facility. And we opened in June of 2021. We have been open just over a couple of years, two years. And we're helping, we've helped almost 250 families from 21 states. Uh, across America and three provinces in Canada
0: that's awesome man one of the things I I enjoyed on your website and uh, it really touched home with me is this quote I guess it's your quote it says um, it is our great privilege to ensure that our last act on this planet is to give back to it I love that and uh, I guess what can you expand on that like what did you mean by that
1: I mean, our life is led. We do what we do. I'm sure you look back and there's things you're proud of, and maybe other things you're not as proud of. And I'm sure I am very much the same. And many of us are. But there's no doubt that when we die, the last act that I think many of us hope is one of gratitude and of generosity. Let's make it count at the very end. And uh, we're very excited that at return home, that's something we enable let people do. Um, And it means an enormous amount to me.
0: And it means an enormous amount to an incredible number of people. So it's been fairly amazing. This podcast episode is brought to you by Signature Touch. Signature Touch is a veteran owned and operated. And it was started by my wife and myself with a mission to provide the highest quality, all natural skincare products made from ethically sourced ingredients. We have body butters, lip balms and deodorants. And the best part is you could use it on yourself and they're safe for everyone in the family, including your children. My wife's favorite body butter is Bernilla. It's made with bergamot and vanilla botanical extract. People say it smells like key lime pie. My favorite is Lavincense. It's made with lavender essential oil and frankincense. It makes your skin feel so nervous, but it's also good on bug bites and rashes. Check us out today. The website is OurSignatureTouch.com. Use code JLA to receive 10% off your first purchase. The website, it's OurSignatureTouch.com. The idea of terramation and natural barrier has that picked up steam i think it's been a couple of months since i last spoke with brie but is it becoming more widely adopted it's odd to even say that it's in uh it's not legal in some states but are, are y'all gaining more traction in that space
1: i mean and again yeah uh i'd mentioned earlier but i can say you know we will be on shark tank on october 6th at 8 p.m on abc uh they wouldn't be taking companies like ours if they didn't believe that there was a groundswell of support for them Uh, We started the company when Washington was legal and the only place on the planet that allowed it. We've now got seven states that include California and New York that have both legalized. Uh, We're looking at legalization sweeping uh, the United States now, you know, the big states. You've got Illinois coming in, you know, of course, with Chicago. You've got Massachusetts looking coming close with Boston. Uh, So very soon, I think we will have the top 10 cities in the United States pretty much locked Hmm. And I'm talking about in the next 12 months. So yeah, this is going to be an absolute tidal wave.
0: That is awesome. So I imagine you're on the forefront on a lot of those conversations. Are are you having to persuade people, give them data? How are those conversations going?
1: You know, I think people often pretend or think that they're very data driven. And I think really what we are is emotionally driven. Hmm. And what we're talking about here is dying, is death. Dude, can't can't we not? How about you know, how about those Seahawks? Um, And we think about it from a consumer point of view. Oh, consumers don't want to talk about it. That's true. Neither do priests and neither do legislators. We're all human beings and none of us want to do it. So legislation gets difficult if the conversation is difficult to have. If we can't have it at home, we can't have it in our Senate chambers. We can't have it in our churches. Uh, and so I think it's really the greatest barrier. is not a data problem. It's an issue that we fundamentally in this Judeo-Christian country believe that if we don't talk about death and dying, it might not happen to us.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: and that we can't seem to shape. But again, it's improving. And our younger generation has it way better than our older
0: one. Yeah, man, the younger generations, they're, they're a lot more... Um accepting to new ideas, and and even um, ancient wisdom that was practiced well before our time. It seems like they're bringing a lot of that stuff back.
1: I think it's ironic, as we look at it, that our younger generation is teaching our older one how to die better. Mm. Uh, And I thought it was always the role in our society of our elders to do that. Uh, In this case, it's absolutely upside down and backwards. And uh, I really do think it's our youth that's teaching our older generations what needs to be done when we go back to the earth. And that's both beautiful and sad. Hmm. Um, I guess it cuts both ways.
0: Yeah. What do you mean by die better? What do you mean by that?
1: We as a culture have been acculturated to two disposition methods, burial and cremation, burial, typically, in America, take a body, drain the blood out of it, pour it down a sink, fill that body with formaldehyde, with embalming fluid, paint that body, put it on display, put it in a coffin, gasket it, put that coffin in a cement and rebar-lined hole in a cemetery that is legally protected from anything ever being done with it ever again so long as our republic survives. There's burial. Cremation. We take a body we put it in an incinerator we run it at 1600 degrees the fat runs down the side goes into a nice collection cup at the bottom we once the body is completely incinerated uh, and all the things that the body could give the earth is blown straight into the air as greenhouse gas take the remaining bones put them in what we call a cremulator which is a blender and put those crushed bones into a plastic bag give them back to the family as ash and that is their memento If you look at both those solutions somewhat at a distance in a sort of clear reasoned way, we realize that's a little wild, Mm -hmm. right? Because when we think about it since ever, uh, for millions of years, we've taken our loved one and cared for them and wrapped them in something and placed them in a tree or in the ground and they go back to the earth and that's the way it's done. So why are we broken? The people, Americans have only seen cremation and burial, as did their parents, as did their parents' parents. And these are not ways, A, that are kind to the earth, but also they're not kind to our heart, right? How many times have you talked to a person who remembers being a child walking in to see their dad painted in a casket, right? When I hear that story, whenever someone tells me, oh, my father died when I was young and I went to the funeral home, I know what the next answer is going to be, right? It's not going to be, I went to the funeral home and he was there in his casket and it was just the most beautiful feeling in my heart. It's not usually how the story goes.
0: Mm
1: -mm. What we find is we lose our person and they die and that hurts and it could have been hard or beautiful or both, but then people come in, grab them, put them in a plastic bag and um, do what they will. And we wonder why we're so broken hearted. And that's because we're not doing things that in any way match what we as human beings are built to do in every sense. But after 150 years, we don't even know that's the case. It's kind of the Truman show.
0: Yeah,
1: We just live in that reality and wonder why it hurts so darn bad.
0: Hmm. It almost feels like we're, we're close in the um, current way that we bury people. The act of us all getting together, the celebration of life that usually takes place afterwards, but you're right. it's that moment when you go into the church or you know wherever you're going to, and you see this made up body and these clothes it's just not a natural feeling that I've ever gotten when I've experienced a family member that's passed away
1: no. And, you know, I'm a father. I have kids, right? I was in the delivery room with my wife. I mean, it wasn't always that way, but, you know, it does in my generation and in subsequent ones. And I was grateful to be there, to be with my wife and my kids when they they came. But, you know, we have the exact same instinct in us when our people go, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But we're never present because professionals need to do that. But if you think about it, like take your hardest scenario, think about me losing my son. If that's my last time with my son, I don't want a stranger to take him. I don't want a stranger to do things that I can't see. I want to be there and I want to be part of that. A, I didn't know that before I started. But B, even saying that, most people will be, that's weird. But is it? It's just that we're so divorced from the things that matter to us that we actually think being with our people when they go is morbid or weird. Yeah. And that, my friend, is weird. <laughs>
0: Well, oh God, you know you bring up a, another topic of birth, how divorced we are from natural birthing more and more women are starting to at least on my instagram feed I'm starting to see more and more women do natural birthing, and I didn't even think like to put the two together they're it's a similar it's a similar situation we're wanting to get back to the roots
1: I agree um I think we want our arms around our people I don't care who you are I don't care if you're a Democrat Republican like guns or don't we love our families we love our friends we want to be next to them and with them and if we're putting things in place that distance us that hide things from us that don't let us be with our people at critical times we suffer and we don't even know half the time we suffer but we do and i think that's why we're doing all these things that's why we're sitting with our wife when they're having a baby and our you know mother when they die Uh, we weren't meant to suffer alone we're herd animals we weren't meant to die alone we weren't meant to grieve alone we're literally not built for it yet we've built these systems that let us sit there like little rhinoceri on the serengeti marching alone eating our snacks but we're wildebeest man Mm. we're not built for this and we need to change
0: Where did the idea of return home come from?
1: In the very beginning, Washington State was the first place on the planet to legalize taramation. And I was sitting with my mother. I worked in finance previously. Um, And I saw the article and I was, you know, ma, you know, and she had two of her friends, like, you know, three Jewish guys sitting at the table (laughs) eating breakfast. And um, they were from New York. And I was like, Ma, look at this. You know, this is is wild. And she's like, that's not wild. Like, I do that. And I was like, okay. And her two buddies were like, yeah, we're from New York. Uh, can you get our bodies here? Because we do that too. And uh, I don't know. It stuck in my head. That's not your normal conversation with 3 80-year-old people. And once it's there, uh, your listeners are going to see the same thing. They'll like it or dislike it. They'll do whatever they do. But it's in their head rent-free and it won't leave. And in my case, it was like, holy cow. Like, is this even like for real? And then I realized this is an opportunity to build a company that the bigger it gets, the better off the world is for it. Absolutely no bullshit. Like, Hmm. truly, right? Look, we have two kinds of companies that often try this environmental angle, right? We have companies that hand knit fair trade socks in a small third world developing nation. They're lovely socks. I'm sure it helps the village. They sell 14 pairs a year. There we are. Hmm. Lovely idea, horrible business. And then you've got businesses, that are extracting resources from the earth on scales unimaginable. And they do advertisements of beautiful young people in beautiful spots explaining why the job they do is the most fulfilling environmental endeavor that they've ever done in their life. And that's a bald faced lie, mm-hmm. but it's an amazing business. So, which one, right? The great business, I'm sorry, the environmental, ugh, try again. The environmental business that's a wonderful thing in a terrible business or the phenomenal business that's a greenwashed piece of garbage. And finally, we're able to square that. And the answer is, yes, we're both. And that just grabbed me and I haven't been able to let go.
0: How did, I mean, what were the first steps? Like, how'd you put this together? Cause I, you said your background was in finance. So you had no previous experience in cemeteries or death or soil, how to convert bodies into soil. So how did you go about tackling all that?
1: Ooh, we're having a little bit of latency here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. And I think I understood your question, but it did get choppy, but I think I can answer it. Okay. Um actually no do it one more time. Let's start one more time and make sure I get it right.
0: Okay, yeah. So you mentioned your background was in finance. So I imagine yeah. you had no experience in, you know, bodies, death and cemeteries and uh soil, converting bodies into soil. So how did you go about putting the team together to tackle all that?
1: Yeah. Um my background what I know how to do is to build and scale companies. So that was a skill set that I have. Um, so for me, it became an exercise in how do I get that oceans 11 team that can take a body and transform it into soil. And so uh, that was fun. Um, so the first group that I found with this wild crew called mortality composters, <laughs> and they're like, um, you know, like, Pulp Fiction, you know, like Mr. Wolf, right? Like, uh-huh. you know, blood, gore, guts, splattered all over the house and he can make it all better um these guys let's say you're a farmer and you have 400 pigs that are either dead instantly for some reason or need to be happens all the time in agriculture these guys are the ones who come onto your land set up temporary facilities and transform your livestock into soil it's a very elegant solution the science is incredibly dialed um, and it's uh largely interestingly a red state play uh which i think is fascinating and mm-hmm. speaks to the fact that actually you know in the left and you know democrats you know <laughs> we don't have a lot on morality or doing the right thing uh, by any stretch the problem so i go to these mortality composters like yeah man we got this we're going to take the bodies and we're going to stack them in a ziggurat formation boom 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 right We're going to cover them in whatever nitrogen rich chicken poop or whatever it is. We're going to put thick layers of insulation like sawdust, run some air through and Bob's your uncle. We got this, you know, and I was like, how about we don't? How about that's really not how it's going to go. And what we realized is they had an incredibly dialed and mature science, but it wasn't set up such that it showed care and love for other human beings. And that became the journey. How do we take and port that science into a form that really can work for someone who's lost their mother, their wife, God forbid, their kid. And uh, that took two and a half years. Wow. And uh, and then, yeah, but it involved uh, adding an incredible team. So let's see. Mortality composters, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, funeral directors, death doulas, uh, electricians, general contractors, uh, architects, uh, machinists, fabricators, and they all had to talk to each other, because no one knew what the other guy needed. Hmm. Right? So the classic example was I brought Bree in, who you know, and I was super excited. And I'm like, Look, you know, I got this facility, we're putting 3 million bucks into it, it's going to be whiz bang. Uh, and I'm pointing at all these spaces. And she goes, Great, man, I love this job. I think I'll take it. Where's the prep room? And I'm like, what's a prep room, right? And she's like, "Where you take a body and clean it and make sure they're as beautiful as they can so their family can see them. And I'm like, ah, right. So there I am building this facility and not knowing where a prep room is. So it's an example of bringing a really disparate, brilliant group of people together to work on a commonly held brand new problem. And it was freaking magic.
0: Isn't it fascinating that the, um, I guess the predominantly Democratic states are the ones adopting this method first, I would almost consider it to be a a right wing thing.
1: You know, I actually thought that this was going to be a Democratic tree hugger type disposition. Mm. I thought that the legislatures would do that first. The first legislators states to legalize were, interestingly, the same ones that legalized marijuana, (laughs) almost in the same chronological order and now the red states are coming in. A couple interesting points. First, our legislators can't agree on what to eat for lunch. They disagree about everything. When they're voting on termination in our states, cuz you got both sides, we're getting crazy majorities saying yes. Hmm. They're saying yes for different reasons, but they both like it. So for your left-leaning crew, carbon capture, environmental protection, return to the earth, All great things. Um, And for our conservative uh, families, freedom. I have a home. I have a farm. My grandfather owned it. No one's going to tell me what to do. I want to return to it. Um, And frankly, they're both completely right. Um, So it's unbelievably bipartisan. And that's been so heartening.
0: That's awesome. Are you seeing a lot of nuance between the states? Because everything is different from state to state. I mean, you said we can't agree on what to eat uh, for lunch. But are you concerned that from Washington to whatever state you're going to next, that there's going to be a lot of change and requirements that might uh, modify the process a little bit?
1: It's a real pain. Funeral law is not federal. Funeral Hmm. law. I'll start it again. Funeral law is not federal. Uh, Funeral law is actually state to state and it's not just what dispositions are allowed. It's all the laws that are applicable in that area are state mandated. And that is an absolute dog's breakfast. Hmm. It is also highly advantageous to the large companies that have burial and cremation mega corporations uh, set throughout the country because they know darn well that no one with the sweep of a pen can do anything to them um so it's a very defensible position um the hardest thing for us is not the legalization of terramation the movement is on ain't nobody gonna stop it and i mean that also in red states i i don't care but they can make the laws so difficult to do that no one can do them so for example new york has just legalized new york requires that only cemeteries can do disposition. So in New York, they have to own retorts, right? The cremation m- machinery. And they also have to own, in this case, uh, terramation facilities. One problem. In New York, cemeteries have to be nonprofit. So in New York, the only people who can do this is a nonprofit who's a cemetery, who doesn't have the technology or the know-how, and they're supposed to do it. Hmm. Uh, without taking the pun too far, we are dead in the water. I'm sorry, New York. What are we going to do about that? I don't know. I'm not a legislator. But that's where these types of real patchwork legislations become super, super problematic.
0: Mm. What state are you hoping to get into next? Is there a a wish state?
1: There's a couple states I like. I mean, the holy grail is California. Mm. Um, California is legalized, but it only enacts, or I should say comes effective in January 2027. So we have three years until California is ready but that will be so freaking remarkable yeah i cannot i cannot wait both in terms of the raw size of the state and the cultural you know leanings of you know the various californians you know up and down the uh, the, the coast it's going to be incredible we could open 12 facilities boom
0: That's awesome, man. Can you talk about the process compared to conventional funeral burial? What, what would someone uh, see as some of the major differences compared to a funeral versus a termination? For the like, the the whole like, like paint a picture for me, like how the whole like, from a family perspective?
1: Sure. So remember, I well, you didn't know, I had this all wrong. Right? So when I first designed the facility, my belief was we would build this incredibly technical, uh, structure, uh, machinery, air movement, I mean, just really cutting edge science and technology that would rapidly transport, transform, I should say, a human body into soil. Another assumption I made was that no family would ever set foot in our facility. You trust us, you give us your loved one, we transform them into soil and give that soil to you, and we're straight, just like we would at a crematorium. And that's profoundly wrong. Like, so wrong, it's it's unbelievable. Families are piling in here. And so what happened as a result is uh, our process, quickly to explain, is a 60 to 90 day process. It's, uh, we place the body in a vessel with alfalfa, straw and sawdust wrapped around it at a right, three to one ratio. So a 200 pound body has 600 pounds of organics around it. The body, uh, the microbes in our body, the things that transform the food we eat into energy are miraculously also uh, capable, designed, to make that transformation of our body when we die back to the earth we are hardwired to return we take that natural microbial process and put it on hyperdrive hmm. in our vessel the body with almost no inputs hardly any air maybe a fifth of a hair dryer rockets up to about 160 degrees fahrenheit the microbes completely transform the body in about 30 45 days depending on size what's left is bone we reduce that bone into small shards just like they do in cremation put those bone shards back in the soil, let it sit for one more month, and give the soil back to our families. And that's how it works. So we knew that. What we didn't know is that families want to come here and sit with their person. Uh, When we place their person in the vessel, they want to fill the vessel with flowers and love letters and cheap scotch um, and pieces of wedding cake that have been sitting in the freezer for 20 years. Uh, They want to hold their hand. Um, when they close the vessel. They cover the vessel in LED lights and Jewish prayer shawls and pictures and art. Um, Kids will come and visit with a ten piece of chicken, eat eight pieces, leave one on top, you know. We'll leave it for a day, but we're good. Mm. Um, And so what we find is this incredibly passionate, beautiful human experience here. And I would say that that's far more important even than the environmental aspect and i do deeply care about the environmental aspect i just negated the human part because i think i was scared too and hadn't given it enough thought
0: mm. was that a big pill to swallow and change the process that you had in your mind to allow the families to come in
1: it wasn't a pill to swallow like "ooh, this is bitter i don't want to do it it was more like holy freaking cow do you believe this is happening like it was so stunning i'm I'm just standing there right i mean uh, a woman loses her 15 year old kid and she's like i want to put my child in that vessel with my hands and i'm like okay right Mm -hmm. um you know i can i can feel the chemical like running through my body like i knew a couple things i know that that's very seldom been done in this country i'm afraid first for the living does someone get hurt doing this for our dead my god what if she drops her uh that people you know it just leaves us open to uh, so many mistakes and so it just required much more humility than i had and the answer was i don't know shit um I need to sit here and listen to these people, and I need to do it with an open head and open heart, and they know things. And someone who's lost their person, they have a clarity that's very, you know, I think you know, right? You know that feeling when you lose your person, and you have these worries and these concerns and this stuff, and it seems big, and then the world's quiet, because you know none of that mattered, and you have a couple priorities, and you're going to do that. And so our job was to listen, and that's what we did. And uh, it wasn't bitter pill, but it was hard. Hmm. How do we draw these lines and so the answer to that was i was um i was fired they fired me uh i was no longer permitted to make decisions on the floor Um, i'm 52 years old and i get scared and my answer is no and no is not acceptable Hmm. so does it show love is it safe does it work three rules anyone in the company with brand new question if those answers to their best of their knowledge is a yes the answer is yes if we screw it up and we're wrong don't do it again but if otherwise, we can do it. And that's led to miracles, right? So a mother will say, I want to take my son and I want to go to the back of the house where you guys normally work. And I want to be the one to cover my son with organics with my own hands. And of course, I'm like, No, and my team's like, get out. So the answer was yes. <laughs> and that type of thing and lends the new ritual. Um, so in that case, for example, that mother wanted it filmed, it went up on our TikTok and and um, yeah, fifty-three million people saw that. Wow! So those types of things change the fabric of society. Um, I'm just, I'm just drafting behind these brilliant people in my company. I'm holding on for dear life, um, and I hope that I have the, I, I hope I can stay for the ride.
0: You know, that says a lot about your character, and that you can step aside listen to these families that are grieving, listen to your team and change and uh, be flexible in the ideas that you initially had for the company?
1: Yeah, I don't know. My team would probably differ with that. Maybe I'm making it a better story than it is. Um, But yeah, this is very much like my team's 20 years younger than me. They're 10, 12 years in the funeral industry each. I mean, we got little Jake, the dude's 24. He's eight years in the industry. Like these kids know what they're doing. All I need to do is stand behind them, wave a towel, and go, go guys, do this, big hearted, go, and then knock down any barrier that gets in in their way. Hmm. Um, So in a way, I have the easiest job in the company. Um, All you have to do is just surround yourself with these freaking all-stars, which we have.
0: Are you? Um, Yeah. Are you worried that or concerned that being around death is going to impact you?
1: Oh, that ship has sailed big step. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I, uh, oh, I cried for the first six months and I come, you know, I'm 50 years old. I came from the finance industry. Dude, we don't sit in meeting rooms and cry. just thought you might want to know. Yeah, it breaks you up. Um, And it also makes you realize, you being me, you know, men, we're poorly equipped in our society to hold our mud. Um, We're always talking about emotional women and crying women and, oh, they're up and they're down. I look at the women in my company and what they're doing is they're bending. They bend. When the world hits them hard, they acknowledge that it did. And then they bend, but they don't break and men will stand like this until we can't hold it no more, and then go down. Um, and so the thing I've had to learn that's been kind of interesting, <laughs> can I can I try to grieve a little more, like some of the women that I know, I'm not trying to paint a huge brush, but I am saying, man, they, they might be on something. Mm. Um, and do not hide my grief. Um, and I don't want my team to either. So You know funeral service you don't cry really come on dude you stand there and a family comes in and they lost their child man and the child died of suicide and she's 15. your heart is broken we are human don't worry cry um that's okay um no one wants to be sitting next to a robot so i don't have those requirements of myself anymore because i couldn't Hmm. and because i couldn't ask it of myself i couldn't ask it of my team um, and that, for me, has been obviously a huge relief uh, to do it. I mean, like yesterday, this beautiful team of funeral directors fly in from Minnesota. They bring us a, 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 their person. And they, they love this guy. And they wanted to be here to care for him personally. So they put two funeral directors on the plane with them. And so they come into our facility. And it's a wild place. And their eyes are like, holy freaking smokes, right? And we're doing this amazing service with him. And all of a sudden, right, we have a rule. And the rule is never separate families. You ask. If they say no, okay, fine. But you know that feeling like, oh, those guys can't talk to those guys. Like, that ain't it. Hmm. That ain't it. And so all of a sudden, in walks a man. He just lost his 28-year-old son. He walks over to the vessel right near where that service is. And he puts his head down on that vessel. And he cries on it 10 minutes, quietly. And the vessels are warm when you when we first start they're very because the body's so hot and you can see this man had his arms around it and his head on top and you realize holy cow this is a new paradigm this is a new way of of doing it and all of the people involved aren't ashamed uh feels good um my greatest fear is dying alone and being alone and hopefully that father yesterday Didn't, didn't have to be that. And for them to see that man in that position, oh man, oh, they were, oh, they walked out of the room too. Um, that's okay. We're all right. Why, what, what we shouldn't. Hmm. Um, so it's all been, it's all been a journey.
0: Can you talk, uh, has there been an experience that has impacted you the most?
1: Yeah. I mean, Yeah we lost a kid he was 17 and his mother came in um family but his mother and everyone copes with grief differently but his mother's solution was to be kinetic to be hyper moving to be talking and active and expressive and um she brought her son in and she's like that was the person that we ended up she covered her son's face with organics and uh she just wanted to be part of everything and she wasn't having any other possibility um and i remember as we were going through it and he was in his vessel all his friends were there and i remember all of a sudden this kid with this giant afro walks up and hands the mother a pair of scissors and she cut off all his hair And she put it, you know, and then all his friends behind got in line too. And then everybody got in line. Um, And that's, I think that's organic, but that's also for those moments you feel like your heart is tied to other people's heart. And uh, that was a gift.
0: Hmm that's deep man <laughs> Ooh, almost made me cry here a little bit I've, well you
1: can see me yeah uh, here i am
0: yeah i i i think i told this to Bree, but you know i i truly believe in the services that y'all are providing and i i love what the company's doing but i don't know if i could handle doing that with kids that's something different with children you know
1: you know what's funny though not that that's funny because it's not everyone's got their third rail, that thing that absolutely will blow them to pieces. Hmm. Children will be yours. Uh, For Katie, uh, she can care for families with lost children. She's phenomenal. Her hard one is when she sees an old woman or an old man that's lost their partner of 50 years, Hmm. and she knows they're going to go home and eat a TV dinner for the next 10. Uh, It's interesting how we each have the thing that causes us great hardship. Uh, I run your chip, man. Children are just, just that thing for me. Um, and I, that's when what we do is we go, you know, we got to be switching our team out. Okay. This is a person who died of suicide. That's not an easy thing for one of my team members. Not that it's easy for anyone, but it's real tough. All right. You're out, dude. We we've got people. We got you. You do that one. Okay. Kids. Um, that's another suicide, another, right. And you got to be watching your people and watching yourself and be like, you know, I need help. Like, I don't know if I can do that. Right. And if I can be the one that shows the cracks, if I can be the one that goes, I need some help today, guys, I'm, I'm not, I'm not this isn't easy, right? Then someone else is like, yeah, well, I'm not easy tomorrow. So back at you, you know, big boy. Hmm. Uh, and I hope that that works.
0: You talk about, you know, the, the environmental aspect is really important. Can you mention um, or, you know, describe some of the benefits from an environmental standpoint?
1: It's funny if we were having this podcast two years ago, this is all I'd have talked about. Of course, here we are, when an hour in, um, what we do is so stunningly environmentally um, efficient, uh, especially compared to our ter- you know our two current methodologies, burial and cremation. So, cremation uh, burns thirty gallons of fuel, uh, about four hundred fifty five hundred pounds of CO two uh, into the air.
0: Hmm.
1: We are left with charred carbon, ground bone, which is useful to the earth as a bucket full of sand. um, And that's considered our environmental option. Can you hear a loud noise in the back? No. Oh, good. Um, For us, we are capable of transforming a body into soil at 90% more efficiency than cremation. What we don't know how to calculate and add into that is what we give the family back restarts the cycle of life. I don't quite we're working on quantifying that. Whereas with cremation, of course, you are left with a bunch of charred bone. Uh, With burial, it's even more interesting because with that, man, how do you calculate this? Cemeteries that can never be used again for anything else. Endless amount of cement, rebar, uh, hardwoods, bronze, uh, all goes into the ground. And in fact, a lot of families buy a beautiful casket and uh, stick it in the retort and burn it. Mm. uh cost thousands of dollars for that casket it's covered in thick varnish um dude it's such a train wreck it is so unbelievable and the reason we haven't come up with solutions is people are scared of death and dying if this was food or cars or anything else we would we'd have been after it. i mean look at us look at it organic food tesla cars right mm-hmm. and here we sit trying to figure out death no accident
0: it's 30 gallons of fuel for cremation and for c-
1: 500 pounds of co2 wow that's it's crazy phenomenal you know uh, i was watching this really cool speech guy gets on stage and he goes all right ready i'm going to give you the best and the worst the best a wolf eats you couldn't be better uh they eat you they digest you they excrete you it is 100 percent captured uh the carbon and uh while i admit you might not enjoy the wolf experience <laughs> uh It's as optimal for Mother Earth as you can imagine. And the diametric opposite of that is the cremation, the incineration of a human body, straight up into the air, zero into the ground, everything is greenhouse gas, nothing to give back to the earth. Um, So when you think about wolves and cremation, yeah,
0: you know, it would be interesting to test the soil. And I don't know if you've all already done this, but test the soil organic matter in a cemetery. Oh, and then see what the soil life, what the soil biology looks like in a cemetery.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what I think is much more difficult in a cemetery than bodies going into the ground? Because, you know, there's discussion about formaldehyde and whether it hurts the earth. The biggest problem with the cemetery is that they have to dump mountains of pesticides onto the grass to make it beautiful. Mm -hmm. Cemeteries, golf courses, uh, these are beautiful manicured lawns. Those are a massive, massive problem, um, and cemeteries do obviously that in space, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, these are, these are these are important things.
0: Yeah, I was just talking to somebody from uh, uh, I forget what the name of the group, but it's they work with pollinators, and he was saying that neonicotinoids um, and other chemicals that are sprayed on golf courses are uh, are some of the most lethal. Uh, I guess, harmful to the environment that we have. And then then it all runs off into the water. And then it contaminates the water. So yeah, I didn't even think about the chemicals that get sprayed on cemeteries. I didn't, I I didn't cross my mind.
1: Oh, man, where we know, cemeteries, golf courses, you know, they've got to look immaculate and manicured. And there is a massive price to pay for that. Yeah, And that's why it's so exciting, right? Imagine we start building these huge memorial parks, um and we're putting soil there and there's trees and flowers and you know bees and open spaces and uh, and now we're back to what humanity can use and hopefully the earth is is okay with too yeah so yeah these these are big changes now
0: it's a uh, it's an exciting time because the the whole regenerative farming movement is all about uh, like one of the key pillars is soil health And um, it's gaining more traction. Big companies are dedicating millions of dollars to regenerative agriculture. So your business fits in there perfectly with soil health, the carbon capture, all that stuff.
1: Absolutely. I mean, here comes the movement. Um, But at its root is radical honesty. We can't be stuck in a single mindset. We can't be a Democrat or a Republican or a Catholic We've got to holistically, honestly look at the earth. Don't put, you know, all these judgments about that guy or this guy. Listen, a lot of pesticides on the grass. Okay, it's not a great idea. Can we think of some alternatives? You know, that's just a straight human question. Um, we have to bring it down and depoliticize and ask honest, simple questions. And I think our answers will be surprisingly. Su- our needs would be surprisingly similar. We want a nice earth for our children. we want you know we want clean air. Um, and if we can get that discussion going, I think we we've got a chance yeah. But we need to get the decision you know this discussion in in play because man we're behind.
0: yeah. When are you coming to Texas?
1: Jeez, let me think that I come oh, I'll be in Austin. I'll be in Austin in six weeks.
0: okay what do you you got a, a conference or what?
1: I do. I got a group of guys that I always meet with every November. big group of guys from a business uh, organization I belong to.
0: Awesome. Well, that's exciting, man. Well, Thank you, man. Micah, I, I appreciate your time. And I, I'm, like I said, I'm a, a huge fan of the company. I, I forget what article, what newspaper I, I, I read it in, and it made me reach out to Bree. But uh, I follow you all on, on all the social media, and I, and I love what you all do. So how can people get in touch with you all?
1: uh gosh uh, our socials are out there we got 700,000 people on tiktok Uh, we've got emails in our company you can go on to our website to write us Uh, a lot of different ways to get us and we're always delighted
0: awesome man well i i appreciate your time micah and i'll send you all an email with the link when this comes out and uh we'll plan it out whenever the shark tank episode comes out too
1: have fun should be interesting
0: awesome man well thank you micah i appreciate your time man
1: all right man be good
0: bye